0: Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you're there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message.
1: Beyond caution and getting a little more specific, I want you to turn with me to the book of John, 12th chapter. This is an interesting piece of scripture. I believe I've even referenced it before. At the 20th verse, it says this. Now, there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. And they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request, saying, Sir... We would like to see Jesus. Philip went to Andrew, and Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. Look at Jesus' reply, y'all. This is one of the most odd replies that Jesus ever had. It's almost like they came to him, and he started talking about something else. Jesus replied. He said, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Verily... Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies. Somebody say, and dies. It remains only a single seed. But if it dies, somebody say, die. It then produces many seeds. So anyone who loves their life will lose it. Well, anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. I want to go back to 24th verse very truly I tell you unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies it remains only a single seed but if it dies it produces many seeds I want to talk over the next couple of minutes from the topic of many seeds. Somebody say many seeds. Somebody say many seeds. Jesus is an interesting, interesting character. Greeks who did not believe in Judaism let alone that Jesus would be the Messiah they saw enough value and had seen enough of the works of Jesus and knew that something was special about him. And so they had enough wisdom to come to him and say, he, we want to come to this man even though we don't fully understand, even though we have some cultural uh, 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 differences among, among our cultures and there's this big gap and we don't understand each other. We may be even against each other, but there was something about you that we feel compelled to come and worship you. That's power. Somebody that does that easy that's gets your culture and doesn't even believe in your core beliefs believes enough in you to want to come and worship you. And you would think that Jesus, okay, well, come on and let him in or, or say yeah, no, or something. He said the time has come for the Son of Man. He started talking about his mission. We're still talking about his passion. We can learn a lot from Jesus. That even though he was posed with a question, do you want to entertain these people? He was so consumed with what his mission was, he immediately started talking about his passion. How passionate are about you, about your assignment here on this earth? That even when somebody addresses you asking you something else, does it just pop out of you what your mission is? Tell somebody that's a passion. But he said this particularly in 24. He said, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground, meaning it has to leave the source. It's got to fall to the ground and then it has to die. Oh God, I could preach right there. I could stand and preach for 40 minutes on that. Leave the source, fall to the ground and die. He said if it just does the first two, if if it leaves the source and falls to the ground, it won't produce anything. It'll just remain a single seed. But if it dies, then it qualifies to multiply into many seeds. So what are you saying, Pastor Tony? Am I saying that we need to go find out, go and be a martyr? Do I'm am I saying that we need to go out and find a cause to go die for? No, I am not. But what I am saying is that we, being Christians, Christ imitators, and those that are trying to imitate our big brother Jesus, we should be in a mindset, and our passion ought to be to be a cedar. Tell somebody, be a cedar. You know why? How many, how many of you have accepted Jesus in this place? Let me see your hands high. Can you turn to your neighbor and tell them that you're a seed? You are one of the many seeds that Jesus was talking about. He said, unless I go, what he was doing, he was talking metaphorically about himself. You know why? Because when the Gentiles became interested in Jesus, he said, now is my moment. The Gentiles coming to Jesus was a signal that it's time for the Son of Man to to be uprooted and taken away from the source of his Father. It's time for me to be planted into the ground. It is time for me to go into the ground, fall to the ground and die. Jesus said, it's time for me to be a seed. if we are Christians God's people if we are imitators of Christ if it is our mission to mimic him and do everything that our elder brother is we cannot say that we're going to be Christian we cannot say we are imitators we are made in the likeness the the likeness of God the Father and we're supposed to imitate our elder brother Jesus and we cannot say it with true virility in our spirits if we're not willing to be a seed tell somebody you've got to be a seed Let's talk a little bit about seed. The purpose of a seed is to multiply and to be a reflection of the originator. Oh. you have to understand that in Genesis, God had, He had created the heavens. He created the firmer. He created the grass in the field. He created the bodies of water. He created the, the file of the air and the fish. And see, He did all that stuff. He spoke those things, but He shaped and formed man in his image could you see God could see everything else but he couldn't see himself and so he had to create a replica of himself so he could see himself tell somebody I'm God's mirror see I can see everything in this room but I can't see myself I need something that is going to reflect my image back to me. And so he literally created us as a replica and a a, a transverse image of himself. And that's the reason the devil hates you. Because you are a reflection of the Father. You are, that's the reason he fights you so. Because every day you wake up to do damage to his kingdom. Every day you wake up to glorify and expand his kingdom. You are being a further reflection of the father. And that's the reason he hates you. And that's the reason people roll their eyes at you. And that's the reason that he's sending hell's hounds after you. Because you are a reflection of the father. You are what he can never be. And that's the reason he hates you. That's the reason he's after you, because you are a reflection of the Father that he tried to overthrow. You are the reflection of the Most High, made in his likeness and his image with the same power, the speaker thing, and it will be established. See, we have to under, understand the context. It's not, the, it's not good enough to know we have an enemy. We have to know why we have an enemy. And you got and we have to know his his tactics. So if I watched him, I would distort your image of yourself so that you never truly see who you truly are. And so that you never come into the full fruition of what God made you. If you don't, if you have a distorted image, you will never walk right. You will never talk right. You will never expect right. And ultimately you will never live right and you will never do damage to his kingdom all because you don't know the image of which the stencil to which you have been shaped and formed out of he created you to be a seed tell somebody I'm a reflection of the originator our job is to multiply multiply the first thing God told Adam and Eve once he created them, read the breath of lives into them. He said, first, first thing, I want you to be fruitful. And then, I want, then after, you, after you start, after you have the mastery of being fruitful, my next thing to do, ask you to do is to multiply. Somebody say multiply. Multiply. This world tells us that our true measure that ascribes our value to us is in what we produce. The first thing, after the first thing, you know, about the second thing, people say, hey, "How are you doing?" My name is such and such. After a while, you do some small talk. The next thing people ask you is, "What is it that you do?" What is it that you produce in life? Do you just sit around playing video games all day? What is? Ask somebody, "What is it that you do?" You know, what they want to know what is your purpose for being here while you're sucking up oxygen and you're taking days off the calendar, what is it that you do? And while the world is enamored by what we produce, the true measure of your greatness is not what you produce, but it's what you reproduce. See, because the thing that you produce will soon waste away. The thing that you produce will soon become obsolete. I don't care how great the technology is. In three more months, they got a new one to replace it. They already got the plans for iPhone 9 and 10, and we still on 7. So it's not what you produce. It's what you reproduce. And that has been a problem with the body of Christ. We, 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 we have attained, we have, came, we have gotten to the pinnacle of our lives. We stood on the top rock, we took, stood on the top rock and we held the metal in our hands and we begin to celebrate, look what the Lord has done in my life and we come to the end of our life, we come to the end of our days and things die with us all because we do not reproduce. We have a fruitful mentality instead of a seedful mentality. When Jesus was the king of glory, he was, the, he was the embodiment of God the Father walking around in the flesh. He was fruitful. Everything, everywhere he went, atmospheres changed. He was in the middle of the sea and a tempest rose. And he said, "Peace be still. Jesus was bad. Everything he did was fruitful. You would think he'd be satisfied. He was turning water into wine. He was raising dead people. He was healing blind eyes. He was doing, oh, he was healing demoniacs. He was doing all kinds of, Things, but he still left purpose unless he became seedful tell somebody you must be seedful the true measure of your greatness is not what you produce people of God it's what you reproduce it's what's here after you're long gone The next thing a seed does, the seed speaks of the future. Somebody say future. Seed means future. Look at this. In Jeremiah 29 and 11, he says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope, and a future. The reason God saves you is to give you a future. The reason God healed your body is to give you a future. He didn't heal you so you could sit up and watch prices Right. He didn't heal you from cancer. Just to be sitting around. you to extend your day so you can do something with your future. And that's what being a cedar is. A cedar, when you are a cedar, you're saying, I am planting something and someone or something so it can have a future. But so many times we in the church, we are always focused on our past. Either we're running from it or we're busy worshiping around the altar of the past. But look at this, y'all. A seed, just like Jesus did, he said, unless a kernel of wheat falls, meaning it has to leave from the source, and then falls to the ground and dies. So many times in life, people of God, we are so enamored with being fruitful that we start worshiping fruit. That i got to get the corner office that I got to get the longest car. I got to get the 5,000 square foot house behind the gate. I've got to do to this because people would then know that I'm blessed. When the Word of God says that a blessed and upright man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, that means that you have done some planting, you have done some seeding, that means you have perpetual harvest. God really respects a cedar more than he does a fruit person. Oh, by virtue of being a seeder, you're going to produce fruit. But can I tell you, a fruit's purpose is one to be to be consumed. But a fruit's purpose is also to yield up seed, because we cannot have seeds unless we first have the fruit. Could it could not be possible when God said He gives seed to the sower? Could it be possible that He wants to give you fruit if we understand the principle? Could it be we've been we've been after the seed when we God God said God said if you give me this fruit, God, it's not wrong to pursue fruit, but we got to know the purpose of the fruit. God, I want you to give me the fruit of healing so that I can have the seed of a testimony. To sow faith in somebody else who may be going through the same thing that I've been through. Lord, I need you to give me the fruit the, the fruit of debt freedom so I can sow the seed and be the answer to somebody's prayer who has a dream but doesn't have resources. I don't know if I'm talking over everybody's head today. But God has just got me out there. He said, my son, he said, son, I want my children to focus on being seedful rather than being fruitful. And I cannot make you seedful without giving you fruit in the first place. The next thing is, our seed must have specificity. Somebody say specificity. That's one of my favorite words all in the world specificity of the seed, meaning that, that there is a DNA code to the seed that God made you. I can't plant apple seeds and expect a peach orchard to come up because it has been genetically designed to be an apple. Some of us, we got the concept that it's okay to be a cedar, but we're busy trying to see things that are against the DNA and the contours that God created for our lives. Lord, let me talk about it. It may be a novel idea for you to go into XYZ profession. I ain't going to talk about no other professors because I don't want to think I'm talking about them. But, but you know, God may, you, God may call you to be a person, a, a, a businessman or a businesswoman. But I really feel a pull and it just makes me feel emotionally good. You know, I, I just want to work with children. Well, that's fine. and You might be good at it to a degree. But your seed say that I need you out there in the business world because there are so many, so so many sick and twisted and demonic possessed people in the heads of these companies. And then in the inner the recess, he said, God says As a seed. I want to plant you in the center of the business world. And of course, we all know that God has a He has a divine will, but He also has a permissive will. The same way that the children of Israel wanted a king. And and, and the prophet was saying, you don't need a king. He said, but we want a king like the other countries. And God said, go ahead and let them have it. And they regretted the day that they asked for it. So do not confuse God's permission with his approval. Cause some someone say, "Well, if God didn't want me to do it, He stopped me." Uh, uh-uh, uh, 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 uh. Uh-uh. Now don't put that on God. Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bob. Don't you? Don't you dare! You own it. If that's what you want to do, then do it. Be a big boy. Be a big girl and do it. That's like saying the devil made me do it. God didn't want me to do it. He stopped me. No. God gave us dominion on this earth and we're going to eat the fruit of our decisions amen. amen so God is saying that there was a, there's a specificity your seed it was created to you, you as a seed were created to produce a specific harvest in life. You'd be surprised you know' we're the richest place the rich the richest real estate in the whole world in any city is the graveyard. It is full of unsold seeds, unstarted businesses, unstarted foundations. It is a graveyard that is the richest place that's full of unsold seed. i tell you this, people of God, if your focus is always, if we focus your passion to be seedful, You will always remain fruitful. Seedful. That means I'm full of seeds, but I am actively looking to sow. But tell somebody there's a process. There's a process that we must go through, the seed must go through when it is planted, people of God. And it is not pretty. The process is in darkness. The process is in muddiness and wet. Earthworms and all kind of debris and rocks. Tell somebody the the process is not pretty. But you must Thank you, God. You must go through the process in order to yield what's inside of you. See, you got to understand that a seed has this outer shell, this exoskeleton that protects it from the elements. And the only thing that activates the seed is when it hits soil. God. You can have a whole bin of seeds. Seeds among seeds will never start the process of germination, but when a seed goes into soil and it goes through heat and it goes through pressure and it goes through earthworms and it goes through all kinds of things that come to take and to give, then the process of germination takes place and that hard exoskeleton is split wide open and then the nutrients that that, that God and the DNA that got infused in that seed is then released. You want to be released to the world but you don't want to go through through an earthing process. We want to jump right over to the blossoms. But can I tell you the greatest development happens in the dark? It happens in the ground where nobody can see it. In engineering, they already know that the degree to which you want to build a skyscraper is dependent on how far you go down. The deeper you go, the higher you can go. That's our problem in the church. We don't want to go deeper. You see, is this deep enough, God, to get what I want? What is the minimum standard that I have to do to get what I need? But God said he's calling us deeper. Tell somebody he's calling you deeper. The next thing I want to talk about in the next couple of minutes is about relationships. Somebody say Relationship. The seed cannot yield what's inside of it unless it has an interaction with the dirt and with the moisture. Somebody say relationship. Some of us complain so much. We say that God called us. How many many called in this place to do something? I believe we're all called from my mother's room. It's to do something, it's to find out the DNA of our seed. God starts putting, how many know that every seed doesn't work in every dirt? Sometimes we can be jumping in over and over in dirt that's not conducive to unlocking the seed that we are. (laughs) But when we hit the right dirt, Moisture. There is an exchange and could it be the right dirt? And let me tell you, when that seed opens up, it literally pops open and splits. If the seed could tell you, if the seed could talk to you, it would tell you it hurt to split open like that. But when I got in the right dirt, when I got in the right conditions, when I got in a conducive atmosphere, all of a sudden the process started taking place. Some of us are complaining about the dirt. But the dirt is meant to bring what's inside of you outside of you. It's all about perspective. And can I tell you this? The dirt is either going to smother you or it's going to nurture you. But the choice is yours. Tell somebody dirt is necessary. It is necessary. But either you're gonna drown in the sorrows of the dirt, or you say, God, this is is working a far more exceeding weight of glory in me. Lord, I asked, Lord, I didn't ask for the dirt, but Lord, I ask you to give me purpose. And according to the purpose, I've got to go through this to get to this and so if I've got to go through a dirty season if I've got to go through a pressure filled season if I've got to go through a worm infested moldy mossy period God if it takes dirt to get out of me what you want to extract out of me God I yield the seed of my life I yield the seed of my life To the soil that I'm planted in. And when you yield the seed of your life. And I feel this right now. Striking somebody in the spirit. That you've been fighting against the soil that God put you in. But God said as soon as you yield. To the dirt that I planted you in. You're going to begin to flourish. You're going to begin to bud. There are going to be stalks that are going to start springing out of the ground. As soon as you stop fighting, as soon as you stop fighting the dirt that I planted you in, some of you, I can see you right now when you're like, God, why am I going through this? Why did you put me in this city? Why did you put me on this job? Why did you put me in this family? Why did you? Why? 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 God said, because that dirt was necessary. The lies were necessary. People turning their backs on you was necessary. The closed doors were necessary. Somebody shouted in at the atmosphere. It was necessary. The way that they treated you like Cinderella, it was necessary to get you to a place <laughs> that your seed would pop open. you dare despise the hardship that you're going through. If it's not self-appointed, then God allowed it to come so he can get the richness of the seed out of your life. Don't you dare complain another day. God said, I don't know why I'm going through it, but God, it's going to make me better. It's going to produce, it's going to extract the goodness and the richness out of me. The most precious diamonds are the ones that've been under the most pressure. Nobody wants to keep a zirconian that they can they can falsify the pressure. You want a real diamond. You want pure gold. The purest gold is the one that went through the most process. Tell somebody embrace the dirt that you're in. As much as you hate the dirt, God said it's time to build a relationship with the dirt that you're in. Because you need me, and I need you. And while it's hurting to have you in my life, I'm going to stick to it to get what I need out of you. I'm not going to get out of the pot too early. I'm not gonna jump out of the. I'm not gonna jump out of the centrifuge before you finish getting everything out of me that you want to get out of me, God. Some of us have been just about there, but we got out right before the breaking took place. Has anybody ever been there? Come on, I know hindsight is 20 10. Can you look back and say, Lord, if I had just held on just a little while longer, my breakthrough was just about there. But I got emotional and I jumped out right before my breakthrough came. Tell somebody build a relationship with your dirt. Sometimes it's our brothers and our sisters, the ones that we love the dearest and the most, who are dirt for us. Yeah. It's the ones that know you the most, that can tell you the most truth about yourself. We love to be around people that are always want to affirm us, and everybody loves to be loved. Everybody likes to be liked. But sometimes you need somebody to tell you about yourself. Somebody don't care. Like my wife right down on the front row. She respects me as the man of God right now. <laughs> She'll tell me about myself. She'll keep me straight. I will never worry, have, been, have to worry about getting, uh, having a big head. My wife will always keep me grounded. She never me, when you going to take out the trash, man of God? people, we need people around there that will, that will tell us the truth. The truth is dirt, is the dirt that you need. It's the nutrients. You aren't so great and you aren't so grand and you are not the, first, the fourth person in the Trinity. It, it, it wouldn't be the Trinity, be the quad, the, 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 the quad, the, the right? No! You're not perfect. You can be wrong, and I've got extreme confidence. When I'm right, I'm right. But mother said, "No, you're wrong." But you need people to tell you truth. That's dirt in your life. Tell somebody you need dirt in your life. You need dirt in your life. Relationships are the currency of the kingdom. Tell somebody relationships. Our currency of the kingdom. Let me tell you something. Relationships were so important. God let Jesus be born into a family. Relationship. Relationships are so important. Jesus picked 12 disciples. Somebody say relationship. Without Paul, there'd be no Timothy. Without Naomi, there'd be no roof. Let me tell you this. Without Saul, there'd be no David. See, relationship don't mean we always going to get along. So you have to understand. Saul liked David at first because he killed Goliath. But eventually Saul became jealous of him because people began to say, well, Saul has killed his thousand. But David killed his 10,000. And eventually Saul started plotting to kill and the one, his, his father-in-law, at this point, this is his father-in-law. And he's throwing javelins at the one who is making him look bad. But guess what? Saul was still necessary. Ruth, you need a Naomi in your life? But you also see you also need a soul in your life. Because it's the souls in our life. It's the Delilah's in our life. It's the ones that that that, that, that put the pressure on us. They keep us in a posture of always depending on Him. If everybody always sung your praises and everybody always patted you on the back, you'd be walking walking with your, your head and your nose so high with arrogance. Tell somebody, you need dirt. You need the dirt of relationship. And the last thing I want to leave with you, people of God, That knowing that God made us a bed of seeds. We have to know that it is the devil's aim. That if I can't stop you from being seedful. My job is then to pervert your seed. His job is to kill, to steal, to destroy. And how does he do it? He does it by twisting. God's original intent so you may say Pastor Tony how is it that the devil can pervert my seed he perverts your seed by having somebody else to sow seeds inside of you it can start at a young age where someone may have the seeds of rejection because of something that your mother they treated the other kids different or that you had a bad divorce. And so you're never gonna trust anybody else again. And so you're never gonna cross-pollinate like a bee does. How many of y'all seen all that pollen on your cars now? That means that the bees are active, going from flower to flower, carrying pollen back. The flower yields the pollen, the bees carry the pollen back and forth. And without them doing their job, we would not have a yield of crops. And so what the devil does, he sows seed. Some of us have been molested. Some of us have had terrible things happen to us by people, and the devil used them. Guess what? He perver- he knew that we were cedars. And so what he did, he perverted the mind of the cedar, knowing that you're never gonna not be a cedar. So my job is to distort the source. And then you start sowing distorted seeds that produces a distorted and twisted harvest in your life. I want everybody standing to your feet. I believe that God desires today for us to be the most fruitful and the most seedful people that have ever lived on the face of this earth why because this is the most wicked time that the earth has ever known and where sin abounds grace has to abound much more so to the degree that other generations have been seedful God desires for you to be even more seedful people of God because there is a greater amount of sin out there in the earth and so he needs you to be more fruitful and if you're more fruitful then you'll yield more seed and if you have more seed then you can yield more harvest tell somebody besides you God desires for you to be fruitful but he needs you to be more seedful people of God you could be fruitful and you could hoard and you could be a miser over your seedfulness And the fruit's purpose would have died with the consumption of the fruit. Any wise farmer, he sends some to be sold as produce, but he keeps some for reseeding. I believe that there's a, there are those in this room that have just been consumers of fruit. Now you've been you've been enamored, you've been you've been uh, possessed with just being fruitful in your lives. But God said, "The fruit that I've given you, if you look inside, there's some seeds that you can extract from it." I also believe that there are those in this room that have been seedful, but the enemy has come in and sowed a little bit of wheat among a tear among the wheat, and he has distorted your image. in your seedfulness. I want you to grab hands with the person beside you. Can we for the next two minutes just begin to pray for the person's hand that we hold that they begin to realize their need to be seedful. That if they are just fruitful and it stops with them legacy stops purpose stops with the consumption of the fruit but the Lord is saying today I have need of you to be seedful you are a seed come on begin to pray for that person beside you come on begin to pray come on begin to pray God, we pray for our brother and our sister right now. Many seeds. Many seeds. Many seeds. Many seeds. seeds. God, we call forth many seeds in this place. forth many seeds right now in Jesus name right now in Jesus name we thank you Lord for many seeds many seeds many seeds many seeds we call you forth right now I don't care how old you are I don't care how distorted you may think that you are there are seeds inside of you man there are seeds inside of you woman of God and today is a day that he's calling you to account for your seedfulness. Come on. Come
2: on,
1: come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on. Come on, come on. God right now is making a withdrawal. He's making a withdrawal on the seed that he placed inside of you. You will not leave this earth without planting everything that, you, that he called you to plant. You will reproduce. You will not just be a producer. You will create relationships that will allow you to reproduce. Reproduce. It is your destiny. It is your purpose to reproduce after your own kind. We call you out. We call you out to be a mentor. We call you out to shepherd someone else. We call you out. You will do it. Let the old teach the young, let the strong help the weak. The kingdom needs the seeds that are inside you. Seeds, 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 Seeds. we call them out of you. There are seeds inside of you that must be planted. Menacies, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies Go through the process There's somebody that needs what's inside of you Somebody that needs to hear your testimony There's somebody that needs to hear that God is able There's somebody that needs you to start that business. Somebody needs for you to open that home. That somebody needs the seeds that are inside of you. What you What are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? Embrace the dirt that you're in embrace the dirt that you're in don't fight it the dirt has the very nutrients you need for you to burst open don't run stay planted don't run stay planted That's the only way you're going to produce many seeds. That's the only way you're going to produce the seed. Many seeds are in this room. Many seeds are in this room. I hear the Lord say, yield. Somebody shout in the atmosphere, God, I yield. I yield yield to the dirt that surrounds me. I yield. I yield to the process. I yield to the dirt. I yield to the pressure. I yield to the heat. I yield to the rockiness and the thorniness of the ground. I yield to the wickedness. Produce what I need, God, I yield. No more fighting. No more fighting. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're making God's people. A storehouse of seeds. whose fruit will yield another harvest of seeds. Lord, that we will multiply. Exponentially, God, we will multiply. Now, everybody, let go of that hand. The next call I have here is for somebody who believes in your heart that through no fault of your own someone something an occurrence sowed a bad seed in your heart and you may think or have a worry that the enemy has tried to distort your seed can I see your hand today come on if we can be honest in God's house where can we be it may be somebody maybe somebody that you trusted Somebody may be in the house of God that lets you down, that drops you. Would you do me a favor? Can you come to the altar? Come on, come with your hands lifted. Those of you that are okay, I want you to begin praying right now. Come on, I need you to stretch your hands this way and begin to pray right now. Because God is about to deliver. He is about to correct the DNA of the seeds that have been distorted. Come on, right now. Don't wait for a hand to be laid on you. Just begin right now. Spirits of disappointment. Disappointment and an anguish. Have distorted the seedbed of your heart. But God said today I am I am wiping the slate clean. I am wiping the slate clean. Come on, right now, begin to lift your hands and begin to worship the Lord of your salvation. God, we thank you right now, Lord, that even though the devil sold something that contaminated the seed to where people could not trust, that people could not believe, that people could not hold fast, Lord. you today, that today is the day that you bring things back into reconciliation, God. That you bring bring back into the original intent to which you created us as a seed for man and woman of God. Now devil, right now, it is in the name of Jesus that we come to you and we tell you that we have found out the secret of what you've been doing in the hearts and the minds of God's people. And so right now, we speak against the the spirit of rejection right now. The spirit of disappointment leaves the people of God even now. Molestation that happened to people.